It's Daily Thunder, thundering out the truth of Jesus Christ live every morning from the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado. To learn more about our discipleship programs or to support this podcast, visit ellerslie.com. Now, here's Nathan Johnson. Well, if you have your Bibles, John chapter 10. We've been walking through the uh, I Am statements of uh, Jesus in the book of John and want to continue that little series. Uh, Last time, we were looking at the beginning of chapter 10 and looking at the fact that Jesus says that I am the gate or I am the door. And again, it's coming out of the chapter 9 passage where Jesus is articulating the fact that he is the light. And uh, what I'd like to do, just so that we have the context, is I would like to begin in uh, chapter 10, verse 1, and uh, read down through part of the chapter just to get this whole, I am the gate, I am the door, I am the shepherd kind of stuff in our mind. So if you have your Bibles, John chapter 10, <clears throat> uh, this, is what, uh, this is what John writes. Uh, Jesus is speaking. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter by the door of the sheepfold but climbs up some other way is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is a shepherd of the sheep. To him, the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. When he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. Yet they will never follow a stranger but will run away from him for they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus told them this parable, but they did not understand what he was telling them. Verse 7, Then Jesus said to them again, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that they may have life and that they may have life more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep, but he who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep sees a wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away. So the wolf catches the the sheep and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because he's a hired hand and does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and I am known by my own. Even as the Father knows me, so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep who are not of this fold. I must also bring them, and they will hear my voice. There will be one flock and one shepherd. Uh, What a neat passage. Again, Jesus is talking in the flow of the context. Uh, He's been talking to the Pharisees about being blind. And of course, they're saying, hey, are you telling telling us that we're blind? He says, oh, I got a story for you. Uh, You guys are trying to sneak into the sheepfold and grab the sheep. But that's not what a true shepherd does. A true shepherd does not use the sheep for his own advantage. The true shepherd gives himself to the sheep. And so here you are, you're you're grabbing the sheep, you're running out with them for your own advantage. He says, hey, that's that's not what a shepherd does. And of course, they didn't get it. So he says, all right, let me tell this this to you again. And he says, I am the gate of the sheepfold. That, that I am I'm literally sitting in the way. I am, I'm the protection. I am the comfort. I'm the security. I'm the salvation of the sheep. He says, do you recognize that? Hey, here are these sheep. I am the door itself. And then he moves into our passage, which begins verse 11. <clears throat> and again, all that was what we looked at last time. But he comes into verse 11, and he makes this incredible statement. He says, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. So again, he's using the Old Testament imagery, and again, over and over and over again, right, kings were, were known as shepherds, 
God over and over was known as a shepherd, that we are the sheep of his pasture, right? And Jesus stands up and he says, not just, well, I'm a shepherd, whoo. He says, I am the good shepherd. Now, it's interesting, if you look at the word good, uh, I'm going to give you some definitions here. The word good <clears throat> is often translated beautiful, handsome, excellent, eminent, choice, surpassing, precious, useful, suitable, commendable, admirable. Those are odd definitions, <laughs> if I may admit. Jesus is the good shepherd. He is the beautiful shepherd. Okay, uh, you didn't like that one. Uh, he is the good shepherd. He is the handsome shepherd. Woo! Okay, not many people like that one either, right? It's interesting as you look at this word good, uh, the tone of it, again, there's, there's some places that have this idea of the, the beauty and, the, and the, the ritziness and just the, the, the richness of something in that, in that sense. It's, wow, that, that's amazing. Wow, that's beautiful. Wow, that's, that's just, oh, that's awesome. There is that kind of idea in the passage. Uh, there is this idea in the word, which is like it's the surpassing quality of something. So it's not just, you know, it's, uh, it's not just milk chocolate. Ugh. This is dark chocolate. Woo! That's good chocolate, right? That the quality is far superior. Some of you didn't like that one either. Uh, <clears throat> right, there's, there's that kind of an idea. Isn't it interesting that when we're talking about Jesus being the shepherd, we're not just saying, well, yeah, he's a good one. Uh, out, of all, out of all the shepherds out there, yep, that's a good one. That's not so good. That, that's an okay one. That one's, eh, you know, but that, hey, that's another good one, right? It's not so much even that. As much as the quality of the shepherding is over the top. It's surpassing. It's great. And some translations even say that he's the great shepherd, right? Uh, it's interesting, <clears throat> that word in the Greek has this idea of genuineness, it's something that's uh, approved. In other words, it, it's gone through refinement. It, it's gone through some testing, and it's proven itself genuine. Do you know what Jesus is? He is the good shepherd. He, he is the beautiful shepherd. He, he's the one that has this quality that is far surpassing all the other shepherds. He is the one that has been proven genuine. That he's not just some fake shepherd who's, you know, putting on some act. He's like, okay, I'm going to do some shepherd stuff, and I'm going to be like an actor, and I'm going to, like, put on my face, ah, I'm a shepherd, right? But he's not really a shepherd. See, he is genuinely a shepherd. And what's really interesting in the word itself is this idea of competence. In other words, <clears throat> that whoever has <clears throat> that word good actually has the qualities or skills necessary for whatever it is. In this case, it's shepherding. So the idea is that it's not just that he is good in the sense of like, wow, he is one good-looking shepherd. Yeah, that's probably there too at some weird level. But it's more, it's, that's not the focus of the passage. The focus of the passage is his quality of being a shepherd is above all others. That he is the great shepherd. That he has been proven genuine in his shepherding. In fact, he is competent for the task at hand. That he has the qualities and the necessary skills to do the very thing that he's said that he is, which is the shepherd thing. Isn't it interesting that when you look at a shepherd, a shepherd has three primary, and there's maybe more than this, but there seems to be three primary tasks of a shepherd. A shepherd tends or takes care of the flock. The shepherd feeds the flock. 
right? He has to lead the flock, gives direction to the flock. And the shepherd protects the flock. So he's there for comfort, right? Caretaking, tending, you know, helping them out when they get the little noses scuffed, you know, as we talked about last time, right? He's there to lead them to the, the, the green pastures and the, the, the waters, right? He's there to help nourish them and feed them. And he's there for protection. He, he has a shepherd's staff. He has the sling and the stone thing. So that when the, when the wolves and the bears and the lions come in, he can, he can get rid of those things, right? He's there to guard and protect the sheep. Do you know what Jesus is? He is the good shepherd. Meaning what? He, he has this quality about himself. He's been proven genuine. And do you know what he's doing? He's doing shepherding stuff for his sheep. And we are his sheep. Which means what? He's tending. He's taking care of us. He is nourishing. He's, he's feeding. He's giving direction. He's leading us beside the still waters. He's, he's taking us to the green pastures. And he's protecting us. Uh, if you don't like that imagery, and if you go later into the New Testament with Paul's writings, Paul consistently says, I am a slave of Christ. And you're like, buddy, that doesn't sound good. He goes, no, 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 you don't understand this. I have a good master. And he's using old, the Old Testament imagery, right, where, you know, here I am in destitution, so I sell myself to some master, and uh, after some time period, I, I get to be free. And I, I look at my master, and I go, wow, that master is so good. The master is so kind. That master is so loving that I, I would actually, it would actually be a privilege for me to be a lifelong slave, that I can trust my master, and I can actually give myself as a slave unto my master. So I, I actually think it would be better, rather than me being free and trying to do all this stuff on my own, to give myself to the will of the master. And so the slave, and you know the story, but they, they would take the slave, go to the, go to the doorpost, take his right ear, put it against the doorpost, take a little awl, and poof, give him a gauged ear, right? Which I'm sure was fun. And his sign in his flesh that he belonged to the master was that his right ear was gauged. Right? That, that this ear belongs to my master. That, that I will only give ear or I will only listen to my master. Do you know in that culture in Paul's day, do you know what a master was required to do to the slaves? Legally, there were three things. He had to give the slave direction. He had to give the slave protection. And he had to give the slave provision. It's the same stuff as a shepherd. Isn't that interesting? Do you know what a shepherd does? A shepherd gives provision. Yeah, he gives with the sheep what they need. Guess what a shepherd does? He gives protection. And a shepherd gives direction. He caretakes for the sheep. Isn't that fascinating? And Paul says, Woo, I am a slave. Why? Because I can trust my good master. You realize a sheep has to do the very same thing. Sheep do not belong to themselves. Sheep, in one sense, are slaves. They're there for the will of the shepherd. They're there for the delight of the shepherd. They're there for the joy of the shepherd. And you are sheep. Paul says, I'm a slave. Isn't that fascinating? Now, did you notice that a shepherd and a master has to give direction, provision, and protection? That that's legally what they're required to give. A shepherd, out of just out of the goodness of his heart, because of his love for the sheep, is going to tend to the sheep and care for them. He's going to protect them with all of his might. In fact, 
Jesus says that a good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. That the shepherd actually looks and says, the life of the sheep are even more valuable than my life. So if the bear or the lion comes, I, as a good shepherd, am willing to pour my life out for my sheep. And I, will, I am willing to die so that my sheep don't have to. Right? That the shepherd's going to protect the sheep. And the shepherd's going to provide provision. Those are the three things that we tend to pray the most about, isn't it? God, I need protection. God, I need, pro- I need provision. Come on, God, I need, I need provision. And God, I really need some direction. Could you just somehow give me a, a burning bush or a neon sign in the sky that's flashing saying this direction, right? Don't, don't we pray for those things all the time? And yet, do you recognize that a good shepherd, a good master will give those to you? Legally, they're supposed to in terms of the master thing, but a good, loving shepherd, of course he's going to do that for his sheep. Why? Because he loves his sheep. Wouldn't it be interesting in your prayer life if you could just relax and rest in the goodness of the shepherd? Hey, God, I need provision. He goes, I know. <laughs> I'm your shepherd. So quit worrying about all that stuff. God, I need direction. He goes, follow. I'm leading. So hey, chill. Take a breath. Come on, God, I need, I, I need some protection. He goes, what do you think I'm here for? Hey, I, I am your strong tower. I'm your horn of salvation. I am the strong buttress of which you find your salvation in. And the three things that we as Christians tend to pray the most about are the three things he's already told us that he will give us. I think that's amazing. Why? Because he's a good shepherd. That he has this quality about himself. He has this genuineness about him. He has the competence in him. That it's not like, well, I don't know if I can trust him. He's kind of a, you know, one of those flaky shepherds. That's not our God. God says, I'm a good shepherd. Hey, I have been proven genuine. I am fully competent for the task at hand. In fact, the quality of my shepherding is far surpassing all others. Makes you want to like just stand up and shout, doesn't it? Oh, that's awesome. Please stay seated. But hey, that, that, that just gets you excited, doesn't it? When are you going to recognize that my God is a shepherd? And not just a shepherd, he is a good shepherd. It's awesome. Now, uh, oh, by the way, just even to tie into that whole idea, you realize that Jesus, he uses a completely different illustration, but he's saying the exact same thing in terms of us being sheep, trusting the will of the shepherd. Uh, Jesus says in Matthew 18, <coughs> he says, he, uh, this is Matthew 18, verse 2 and 3, calling to him a child, Jesus put him in the midst of the disciples and said, truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And I know we've read that passage. And, uh, you know, a lot of times we're thinking, oh, I've got to become like a child. You realize what Jesus is not saying is to become childish. We're not to become childish. We are to become childlike. And there is a distinct difference. See, childish is behavior, attitude, crazy stuff. Right? Or as my mom would say, something worth spanking for. (laughs) That's childish. We are not to become childish. But we are to become childlike. What does it mean to be childlike? Do you recognize that a child, if he has good parents, 
has complete trust, faith, and confidence in his parent. That the child can rest in the provision of the parents. The child can rest in the protection of the parents. The child can rest in the direction of the parents. And Jesus says, hey, if you are going to enter into the kingdom of heaven, hey, if you're just going to get in, you've got to become like a little child. Meaning, you're going to have to trust. You're going to have to have faith. You're going to have to depend. You're going to have to not try to, <clears throat> try to protect and guard and do this thing on your own. You're, you're going to have to say, God, I, I'm, going to, I'm going to put all my chips in on you. God, God I'm, I'm throwing my whole life upon you. I'm going to surrender, and I'm going to live by faith. I'm going to trust you, and this isn't me trying to live my life for you. This is, hey, I, I'm going to be a sheep. I'm going to be a slave. I'm going to be a little child under the direction of, of my shepherd, my master, my parent. And so, God, here I am. Do you realize that is the only way we get into the kingdom? Because you cannot get into the kingdom by your wisdom. You cannot get into the kingdom by your own resource. You cannot get into the kingdom even by your own activity. How do you get into the kingdom? <sighs> by faith. By trusting. By, by, by depending upon the strong arm of the one who has all the strength. So this isn't about what you can do. This is all about him and what he wants to do. So hey, you are to be a sheep, which means as a sheep, you, you have to trust the shepherd. As a sheep, you have to rely upon the shepherd. As a sheep, you cannot be like, well, I got this thing figured out. I'm going to do it myself. You're going to die. You become wolf food. So a sheep, and again, we've said this before, but a sheep demands a shepherd. There are no wild flocks of sheep anywhere in the world. They, they will not survive because sheep demand a shepherd, which I think is one of the reasons why God calls us sheep. Because we, in and of ourselves, are not to do this alone. That we, in and of ourselves, are not to be self-reliant and self-sourced and self-whatever. That this is, this is about us surrendering and depending and falling and relying upon him. Why? Because he's a good shepherd. Now, if you look at our passage, two times Jesus makes this statement, I am the good shepherd. First time is there in verse 11, and the second time is down there in verse 14. And both of them, verse 11 and 14, both of them give aspects to what it means to be a good shepherd. I'm going to walk you through this really quick. Verse 11, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Now, obviously, Jesus is talking about the cross. But he says, hey, you know, what, you know what a good shepherd does? A good shepherd does not think about his security. He does not think about his, you know, his own life. A good shepherd sees the needs of the sheep and says, I will do whatever I can to protect the sheep. Hey, I'm willing to lay down my life for the life of the sheep. In fact, he, he even hints at this at the verse before it in verse 10. He says in verse 10 that the thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and destroy. But I have come that they may have life. And not just any kind of life, that they may have it more abundantly. Yeah, Jesus brings abundant life. Also, he brings a lot of life. Yeah, but that's really not the emphasis of the passage. That he brings abundant life. Oh, see, it's not quantity as much as it is quality. In fact, this word abundant, love this word, it has this idea of going beyond. 
But it's not just going beyond. It's like beyond, which you're not understanding that. So let me give you, let me give you some words that this, this, could, this could mean. Oh, I love this. This word for abundant, the life that he's bringing, <clears throat> it means exceeding, more than necessary, super added, supremely, abundantly, much more than all, superior, extraordinary, surpassing, uncommon, more remarkable, more excellent, preeminent, superior, advantage. Now that is quite the life. Do you know what kind of life Jesus brings? He says, let me give you a contrast. The thief only comes to still kill, destroy. I'm bringing life, and not just any kind of life. I am bringing such a life where that life that I am bringing is exceeding more than necessary, super added, supremely, abundantly, much more than ours, superior, extraordinary, surpassing, uncommon, more remarkable, more excellent, preeminent, superior, advantage. That is amazing life. If you're trying to write all those down, I'm sorry. Jesus says, woo, I'm not just bringing life. I am bringing life. Now think about this. Then he says, I'm the good shepherd. And a good shepherd is willing to lay down his life for the life of the sheep. That I'm the one bring. hey, I am the life, we, we find out in John 14. But the one who is life is willing to give up his life for the life of his sheep. Do you know what a good shepherd is doing? A good shepherd is willing to risk it all for the sake of his sheep. Well, it's only one sheep. I mean, you know, one sheep gets lost, not a big deal. I mean, the averages are still pretty good. Do you know what a good shepherd is saying? No. I'm not, I refuse to lose even a single sheep. So I'm willing to put my life at risk. I'm willing to go into the wilderness. I, I'm willing to face bandits and robbers and wild beasts so I can guard and protect and rescue my one sheep. Well, it's just one sheep, oh dear shepherd. He goes, I know. And aren't you glad he's that way? Because if he wasn't, you realize there's no way we could trust him. If he wasn't, you realize that we are actually without hope. Because what happens if we're the one? And we start meandering down the road that we're not supposed to be going down. And, and the shepherd's like, eh, I got others. Good luck. See, that is not what a good shepherd does. What is a good shepherd going to do? He is going to be racing down that road. He's going to be running after you. He's going to be breathing down your neck. He's going to put his own life at risk. Why? Because of the love that he has for the sheep. He's a good shepherd. And God's doing that for us. In fact, here is the shepherd himself who is life, willing to take on the cross and die for the sake of the sheep, that they might have life, not just life, life abundant. That's what a good shepherd does. And Jesus says, you know who I am? I'm that. I am the good shepherd. Now, <clears throat> he gets down in verse 14, and in verse 14, he again says, I am the good shepherd. Now, get this. This is exciting. His next statement, again, he's giving, like, the aspects of a good shepherd. He says, I am known, sorry, I know my sheep, and I am known by my own sheep. Even as the Father knows me, so I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. Again, there's that lay down my life thing again. But in the context, he's saying, do you know what a good shepherd does? A good shepherd knows his sheep. I'm like, well, that, that should make sense. <laughs> you know? If you're a good shepherd, he's hanging out with the sheep all the time. He should know Bob, the sheep, from Betsy, the sheep, right? Which is different than 
Bart the sheep and Bertha the sheep. I mean, he should, he should know his sheep. Isn't it interesting, though, that the shepherd, a good shepherd, spends so much time with the sheep, it's not that he just knows the sheep, but the sheep know him. Uh, back up there in verse 3 and verse 4, he talks about the fact, again, he's given the earlier illustration, and he talks about the fact that here are all these sheep in the, in, in the little pen, or in that culture, of course, you know, all these sheep go to the well, and they're drinking water, and all these shepherds are mixed with their sheep, and, well, how, how on earth are we going to get these sheep back to the right shepherd? Well, you know, we paint the backs of them. One, one's blue, one's green, one's pink, and that way we can, the pink ones go with Jill, the blue ones go with Bob, the green ones go with, you know, Bill, right? So that obvi- that's not obviously how they did that, you know? <laughs> right? They don't paint the backs of the sheep. You know, they don't give them name tags, right? That'd be kind of cool, though. What do they do? The shepherd spends so much time with the sheep that even when a whole bunch of shepherds get together with a whole bunch of sheep and they're all at the watering hole, you realize all the shepherd has to do is begin to walk away, give the guttural call, and the sheep knows the voice of the shepherd to such an extent that they go, that's my shepherd, I'm following. And all the sheep begin to follow. That they've spent so much time with the shepherd that it's not just that he knows them, but they know him. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep. And my sheep know me. Now, if you hang out with me very long, I use this word all the time, but the word there in verse 14 and 15, for the word know, I am the good shepherd, I know my sheep. Anybody want to guess what that word is? Gnosko. And again, it, uh, again, we don't have time for all this, but right, there's, there's a word in the Greek for knowing something with facts, data, information. There's a word for perception and understanding. But this word This word for knowledge is this idea of knowing something, but knowing it through experience or relationship or intimacy. Do you know what Jesus is saying? He says, I have spent so much time with my sheep that I know my sheep. I I am wrapped up in relationship with my sheep. In fact, my sheep are wrapped up in relationship with me. And I've spent so much time with them, they just know my voice. And of course, I keep using dumb illustrations, but one of my favorites is the cute old couple. You see this cute old couple that have been married for 50 years, and uh, he, you go up to him, you say, hey, do you know her? And he goes, yes. <laughs> I mean, in fact, we don't even have to talk anymore. She looks at me, and I know exactly what she's thinking, which is a scary thought. But, hey, she looks at me, and I, I know what she's thinking. Well, how do you know that? Well, I've just spent so much time with her, I just, I can read her like a book. Right? In fact, if you look at cute old couples, they don't just have, they don't just have this internal language where they don't even have to talk. They just, you know, they just do this little thing, and this whole conversation takes place. But it's like these cute old couples, they, they spend so much time together that they, they don't just have a language. They start to talk like each other and act like each other and they start to look like each other, right? That's this idea of gnosko. That, hey, you just spent so much time with somebody that it's just, you're getting wrapped up in the person. You, just, you know the depths of the person. And, and wouldn't it be neat to have that with Jesus? Jesus says, hey, I'm a good shepherd. Do you know what that means? That means my sheep intimately know me. Why? Because I'm hanging with them all day long. I'm, this isn't 15 minutes in the morning with Jesus. Woo! This isn't, hey, let's go to the prayer closet for five minutes in the morning, pray before meals. This is, I'm spending my entire life with the shepherd. The shepherd is literally spending time with the flock all throughout the day. He is giving direction and provision and protection all throughout the day to such a degree where I just know him. That, that somehow I just, I know the whispers of his voice. And, and it's not that we hear big, booming 
Nathan, go this way. It's, maybe, it's probably not that. It's just you spend so much time with the shepherd, you just, you just get to know him. And you just feel the presence of the Spirit of God in your life. And you, you just get this sense of what he's wanting you to do. And wouldn't it be neat, as Jesus said, that he says, I am the good shepherd. I know, I gnosko, I'm intimate with my sheep. And my sheep know intimate relationship with me. Just as, think about this, Jesus says, just as I know my Father and my Father knows me. Do you know what Jesus has with the Father? Oh, intimacy, relationship, oneness. Do you know what Jesus wants with us? Intimacy, relationship, oneness. And the same relationship that Jesus had with the Father is the same relationship that he wants to have with us. That's an amazing reality. And when you begin to look at this idea of, of this true intimacy, you begin to realize it's more than just, well, I have a relationship with God. This is everything. Jesus says in John 17, 3, this is eternal life, that they might gnosko you, the one true God in Jesus Christ whom you've sinned. That, that, hey, that, that knowing him and, and having intimacy with him and, and knowing his voice isn't just some add-on to Christianity. It is Christianity because he's a good shepherd and we are his sheep. In fact, if you don't have this, you realize you're, you're in the wrong direction. It's a scary passage, but in Matthew 7, uh, verse 21 through 23, Jesus is talking and he says, Hey, uh, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but it's the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your names? In your name, and I will declare to them, I never gnosko you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Could you imagine? There's these people who show up to God and say, God, hey, hey, we prophesied, we did all these miracles. Woo! Look at all this religious stuff that we did for you. And God says, I don't know you. Yeah, but <laughs> we did all this stuff for you. God goes, that doesn't mean anything to me. Go. Sorry, hell's waiting. Now, that's intense, isn't it? But what is he saying is, it's all about the relationship. It's all about the intimacy. See, you can go to church and you have all the activities and, and, and you can do the right things all the time. And isn't it interesting, if I knew the right thing to do at every moment and I did it, I would still die and go to hell. Because Christianity, heaven, hell, is not doing the right thing all the time. It's relationship. So this is not a checklist of do's and don'ts. This is, hey, do you know the shepherd? Are you wrapped up in intimacy with the shepherd? Hey, are you, do you know the voice of the shepherd? And even if you have all the religious activity, and even, hey, even if you prophesy and do mighty works, and woo, 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 even if you have all that kind of stuff, Jesus says that actually doesn't count. Now, it's not that this stuff is bad, you understand. I'm not saying that. And hey, you should go to church, and you should pay the you know, preacher $50, and hey, you should, you know, I'm not against all that, you know, all the church stuff, but it's not the church stuff that saves us. Jesus saves us. And whether we get in or whether we're out is all determined based on, do I know the shepherd? Does the shepherd know me? Which demands you spend time with him. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. Not just in the sense of, I'm amazing. Not just in the sense of, well, I'm beautiful. And he is all that. 
But you realize his quality is, is over the top. It's surpassing. That he is genuine. He's been proven a genuine shepherd. That he is competent to do the work of a shepherd. So I can trust him. I, I can throw myself upon him. I can actually rest in his work. And you realize the shepherd wants to get to know me. This isn't like the college classes where everyone's just some number, you know, and there's, let's fill the room, there's 300 people in the room, and, and, and the, the professor doesn't know anybody, but hey, at least you're in the class. See, that's not the idea here. The idea here is the shepherd knows you intimately. The shepherd knows you individually. See, the shepherd, see, you're not just some number. You, he knows your name. And that shepherd wants to have a relationship with you. And he wants to be known by you. See, that's such an amazing reality to me. So Jesus stands up and says, I am the good shepherd. Do you actually know that? Not know that intellectually. Not know that in the sense of like, oh, I'm seeing it. Do you know that in the sense of, do you have it? Do you know it in the sense of, oh, I'm experiencing it. Do you have a sense of, yep, I've gnoscoed this because I know my shepherd and my shepherd knows me. Hey, we are tight. I'm at the ankle of my shepherd. He knows my name. I, I know his voice. Do you have that? If you don't have that, don't you want that? And if you do have it, don't you want this thing to increase? Because I don't know about you, but I mean, I might hear the whispers of my shepherd, but I want to get so tight that no voice, no voice would distract me from his voice. And that somehow I would know his voice so clearly, I would have no doubt what he's, what he's wanting in my life. That somehow I would just know his heart and know his mind and, and be awkwardly like a cute old couple with Jesus. Where I start to act like him and talk like him and think like him. In fact, I start to look like him because I spent so much time with him. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I encourage you not just to know about that, but to actually know him. Now, we're going to continue this whole idea next, next week. And we're going to look at Psalm 23. Because I think the best picture of God being a shepherd, obviously, is Psalm 23. Written by the great shepherd himself, David the king. So, if you want to study this out a little early, and you don't have to, but you could if you wanted to, Look and study Psalm 23. And what does it mean for God to be our shepherd? I shall not want. So we're going to look at that next week. But pray with me. Jesus, uh, we thank you that you are the great shepherd. That you're not, just, you're not just beautiful. You're not just handsome. You're not just amazing in that sense. You are. But that you are surpassing the quality of your shepherding is far above all others. That, that you have been proven genuine as a shepherd. You're not just some wannabe you're not just some fake. You are the real deal. That you are competent to do that very thing. And so, Lord, I want to get to know you. Lord, you, as a good shepherd, have been so willing to lay your life down for the sheep, us. That you are willing to take up the cross so that we as sheep might live. Lord, thank you. What an amazing reality. That here are these things that we don't tend to value too highly in in our world, <laughs> sheep. And yet as a good shepherd, that is, man, your heart just beats for the sheep and you're just overwhelmed with love for the sheep. In fact, you're willing to go to the greatest lengths for the lives of the sheep. And Lord, we just want to say thank you that you are so good, that we don't deserve it, 
And Lord, I'm, I'm just consistently overwhelmed by the thought that you want to know us and you want us to know you. And it's far more than just facts and far more than data and far more than information and far more than just academic kind of knowledge that what you are wanting is knowing in such a level that is, that's intimate, that's relational, that's experiential, that this isn't just five facts about Jesus. This is, wow, I, I just know his heart and I just know his mind. And Lord, we want that with you. Lord, we, we want to be so acquainted with our shepherd that we just know your voice. Lord, we want to get so tight with you that just, just like you had with the Father, Jesus, we want to have with you. Lord, we want to be able to trust you. And as a good shepherd, Lord, you are giving direction and provision and protection. And so, Lord, like a, like a slave, we willingly submit ourselves to you. And we, we want to put our ear to the doorpost and just say, you are a good master. Lord, we want to be sheep. Lead us. We want to be sheep. So, hey, you're going to have to provide and protect, give direction. Oh, Lord, we don't want to just do this for a day and then try to live this thing on our own. We don't want to do this even for a month or a year. Well, what would it look like if, if we would fully abandon ourselves to you every moment of every day for the rest of our lives? And that we would live surrendered and abiding and dependent upon you See, Lord, what would it look like if, if as sheep we could trust you? What would it look like as sheep we would just, we would keep pressing into you? That What would it look like as sheep we could just stay at the ankle of our shepherd? See, what would it look like as sheep if we experienced all that the shepherd had for us? So, Lord, whether or not anybody wants it, I want it. Lord, I choose you because you've already chosen me. And, Lord, I want to press into you and I want to know you as you know me. So, Lord, whatever that means and whatever is necessary in my life for you to change and alter, Lord, I'm already in, yes, because I want to know the shepherd. And, Lord, we want to thank you and praise you that you are the good shepherd. We love you. We just give you the praise and the glory in your precious, powerful name we pray. Amen. Amen. Daily Thunder is a listener-supported production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and build brave-hearted Christians for such a time as this. Daily Thunder is delivered live and streamed daily weekdays at 8.15 a.m. and weekends at 9.15 a.m. Join us at live.ellerslie.com. We invite you to visit us at the beautiful Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado for a day, a week, or an entire season of gospel-centered spiritual training. Learn more at ellersley.com. Thanks for listening.